This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Molecule. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. For 10% off your first air purifier, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and enter the promo code FOOL10 at checkout. It's Tuesday, October 22nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and I am joined in studio by Motley Fool analyst Andy Cross and Ron Gross. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing great. We're doing great. Excited for the series, Mac? I am excited for the series. I'm a bit of an island here, because I'm an Astros <laughs> fan being from Houston. Right. You stick to your guns, my yes, friend. Yes, I am. I'm very, very excited. But you know, ask me after games one and two. I'll get back to we'll you. Will do. Um, but feeling cautiously optimistic. And speaking of cautious optimism, some encouraging news potentially on the Alzheimer's front. And we're going to talk about that because it is a big, big day for oh, yeah. Biogen because yep. of that. And, well, let's just say no fun and no games for Hasbro today down on earnings. And we'll get to that as well. But we kick things off with big news from Under Armour. Chairman and CEO Kevin Plank stepping down as CEO on January 1st, and he will move into the role of executive chairman. Now, COO Patrick Frisk will become president and CEO. Now, guys, I want to talk about this. On CNBC this morning, Plank said that this was his decision and said that Under Armour is moving from defense to offense and shares up a bit on the news. Yeah, not surprising they're up. I mean, first of all, <clears throat> Mac, uh, Kevin Plank, who is the founder of Under Armour, was the only one who was going to remove himself from the CEO role because he controls about 65% of the voting stock. So, he, for this to happen, it has to be his decision to go. Um, I, I think the stock is up because they, they've been talking about this transformation in Under Armour for the last few years. They, they set out a five-year plan last year. Patrick Frist, they brought in. He's, he has loads of experience in retail and apparel coming from uh, VF Core and Aldo. So, he has this experience on how to manage a business. And I think they brought him in to help really kind of elevate this transformation that they really needed to make, because they have been struggling. Under Armour has really kind of lost a little bit of its mojo the last few years. The stock had done so well since it came public. And the business had done well. It was growing north of 20%, 30% at some points when you look back you know, years ago. And that's really struggled, especially in North America, which is by far their larger, largest market. So, I think Kevin Plank, who we have to say, like the past couple of years, you know, he's gotten under fire for some just situations about a little bit of a bro culture that's been um, pervasive over in Under Armour. And I think this is a chance for shareholders to benefit from a, a new leadership at the at the CEO level that hopefully will um, bring some real uh, continue to bring operational discipline into Under Armour and help to really boost those North American um, sales numbers that they de- they desperately need. Yeah, a good move. Could have happened a couple years ago, but kudos to Plank, a consummate entrepreneur. Started this thing in his basement, former college football player, grew it to a multi-billion dollar company, but it was time for a change, both uh, from a cultural perspective, as you mentioned, as well as a more seasoned professional from the world of apparel. So, I, I think this is a good move. As you mentioned, I don't love the go- governance aspect here with the separate class of stock yeah. that gives um, him basically voting control over this company when he only, I say only in quotes, only owns about 15% of the stock, but yet he controls the vote. I, I never liked that as a former activist hedge fund manager, yeah. um, but it is what it is. Um, you do see companies start to move away from some of that. Um, we, we even saw it with WeWork uh, recently when yeah. they tried to prove governance. So, maybe one day um, things will get better on that front, but this is a good move. Um, 
I've been a Nike guy most of these years, not an Under Armour guy, but I think this this is the best shot they, they've got it at moving forward. I mean, if you look at what's happening over at Nike, Lululemon, which stock has been on fire, and Nike continues to perform well, I mean, <clears throat> they... They really had to do something to to mix it up here a little bit, and I think, you know, I was thinking about what happened with Nike. I mean, Phil Knight had run that business um, since the '70s when they started it, and he was CEO until 2004 when Nike was selling about 12 billion dollars worth of worth of goods. That's twice as large as Under Armour sells today. And then, uh, 10 or 12 years later, he stepped away from the the um, chairman level and retired from the board completely, and Mark Parker um, has been on, uh, on board as the CEO since 2006. And I think sometimes you reach a point where the founder is not the person to take that company to the next level. If Under Armour is trying to go from a $5 billion organization to a $10 billion organization over the next you know, five, 10 years, um, it's going to take some real uh, focus on trying to get back to where they were years ago. And it's a different organization, and now they need different leadership for that. And Andy, you mentioned the struggles of the past few years. And I think some people, especially if you don't own this stock, you may be surprised to learn that the stock is down over the last five years. Because I think of the Under Armour brand, and I think of how pervasive the apparel is, and then you tell me the stock's down over the last five years, right? I mean, if you look at the last ten years, of course, it's gone from three to twenty. But that's not what I said. But it peaked. At, but it peaked, right? But it peaked at fifty back in two thousand fifteen, right? And five years has gone from thirty-two. I mean, like it's it's just has really struggled. But it's just it's not surprising. It was a high multiple stock. And when your sales start to struggle and your profitability, by the way, too, the profits really have suffered as well, too, as they've shifted and, and um, put in to uh, trying to focus on um, uh, different product lines. It's been a real struggle for them. And they really have this performance culture. They continue to pr- promote that. And I think that is healthy, but they do have to kind of evolve the business. And, um, and uh, hopefully, Patrick Frisk is the person to do that for the shareholders. And guys, a big, big day for Biogen. Shares of the drug maker up more than 30% right now at the time of our taping on news that Biogen plans to file for FDA approval of its Alzheimer's drug, aducanumab. Nice. How'd you like that? Thank you. Now, what we have here, Ron, clinical trials showing that the drug improved cognition when administered at high doses. And it's all the more surprising because this drug was essentially given up for dead last March. Yeah, not just a big day for Biogen, but potentially for the world. This is you know, really break a breakthrough situation, potentially. We'll temper it a little bit, because I want to see how this plays out. But as you said, they had abandoned it for the most part. But as more data kept rolling in, as they collected more data, and they continued to take a look at the data as it came in, they started to see a positive signal from the group that was getting the highest dose of the drug. And so they said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Maybe we were a little too hasty here, and things, as they say now, are looking quite positive. They plan to send an application to the FDA early next year for drug approval. These things take a while. I expect it to take even perhaps longer than usual because this will get some extra scrutiny because how it was abandoned and then brought back to life. However, Alzheimer's is so serious that I could see the the fast track uh, maybe offsetting some of that. Um, So, we'll have to see how that exactly plays out. But um, really, potentially very exciting. The company does not believe it needs to conduct additional trials of the drug before moving ahead. So, that's good from a timing perspective as well. So, We'll wait and see. Very, very encouraging. Um, Biogen also reported earnings, by the way, um, which were quite strong. So 
the stock is reacting to that as well. But this is is for sure the headline. And I'm going to use that word potentially as well. But if approved, this drug would be the first drug to slow cognitive decline in Alzheimer's patients. I mean, that seems like a massive, massive opportunity. It's unbelievable. It's just an amazing thing for human beings on this planet. I mean, you really couldn't say uh, enough about it. Um, but again, some, some temper some of the optimism. For example, the associate director of the Mount Sinai Alzheimer's Disease Research Center said, statistically significant does not guarantee clinically meaningful. Um, and I want to believe, but I'm not ready to suspend disbelief, says Samuel Gandy. So let's watch this play out, but let's all keep our fingers crossed. And it also is a reminder of how volatile some of these biotech stocks are. Shares of Biogen down over the past five years, losing badly to the market. Now, after today's pop, basically trade where they did five years ago. Yeah, so, so volatile. But this is interesting. So, Biogen is not one of these early stage pre-revenue kind of companies, right? This is a, an established company with profits, but yet you still see this volatility because they live and die by their drug pipeline and these phase two, phase three trials. Stock got creamed um, back back in March, I guess I want to say, um, when, when it appeared this drug was going nowhere. But here we are back again. And guys, before we get to our last story, I want to say that this episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Molecule. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. Molecule's technology has been personally effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it has been tested by real people. And don't you want something that's been tested by real people? 100%. Well, Molecule has given allergy and asthma sufferers around the country an all-new experience. Their breakthrough Pico technology across a range of products provides a solution for the entire home when it comes to air purification. No matter the size of your home, you can choose the option that's best for your space, whether that be the Molecule Air for larger rooms or the Molecule Air Mini for smaller rooms. I know that we've got colleagues on the investing team that have multiple Molecule devices at their home. They love the thing. Good stuff. Well, Molecule has introduced this breakthrough science. And here's the key. It is capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. Kills them dead. It kills them. It doesn't just collect them. I mean, I can collect them. It destroys <laughs> them. That includes viruses, bacteria, and mold. When you turn on Molecule, you're creating the purest air possible, and that creates a real difference for parents, for pet lovers, for allergy and asthma sufferers. Molecule is easy to use and has a clean, sleek, and modern design. From the materials used on the device, like its sleek, solid aluminum shell that fits in any room of your home. For 10% off your first air purifier, visit molekule.com and enter the promo code FOOL10 at checkout. That's molekule.com and promo code FOOL10. And Ron and Andy, let's end with toys and let's talk some Hasbro. Shares down around 14% at the time of our taping on weaker-than-expected earnings. Hasbro pointing to tariffs on toys imported from China, saying that that's increasing their shipping and warehousing cost. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, my my thought to this is the quarter was actually pretty good. Revenues were were up a little bit. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good from you strip, this perspective. You strip out foreign exchange, yeah, you're, you're up a little so bit. So what's the market doing like, then? It's well, down 14%. Come well, on. yeah, I think if you look at some of the costs that they've had on the royalty front, um, clearly the market is somewhat concerned with some of the tariffs um, talk that they, they've had. But but really, you know, if you strip out, look at some of the royalty costs that they've have increased. Um, some of their 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 uh, partner brands and their franchise brands, a lot of excitement around Frozen Two and the new Star Wars lineup that's that's coming down the pipeline. So I looked at this stock had done really well, kind of going into this, oh, yeah. and I think some of the inflation in the stock price kind of got uh, deflated today on some of the more macro worries. Okay, around the tariff, so, so so you're saying there's there's some one off one time stuff because when you say you know if you strip out, I mean if I lose thirty pounds, I have a six. Pack. <laughs> well, that's true. I I do want to make it clear though that. These tariffs haven't even be impl- haven't been implemented yet. So these this is an impact that is occurring in advance of the fact that they are coming. So it could get and, worse. And they keep changing. The administration changes the dates, and that's what kind of caused this disruption from people ordering product, uh, and that's what led to um, I think some weaker sales and some larger shipping and warehousing costs. Uh, it remains to be seen if these tariffs will actually be implemented, and if so, what the impact is. But Hasbro is taking um, significant steps to reduce its reliance on China. They source about two thirds of their product from China now. They're um, attempting to reduce that to 50% or less. Very important to do. Um, I assume that they'll be successful there, but it does cause some disruption for sure. Um, But this stock has been on fire. I think it might have been up 50% or 40 to 50% before this. It's up maybe still 20-25% this year. Um, Company has executed really well, moving to the digital space, partnering with people on uh, things like movies and toys. Uh, As Andy said, the uh, partner brands Category was strong. Their entertainment category was strong. So I don't think it's all that bad here. It actually might be an opportunity. Yeah, if you look at the entertainment licensing and digital part of their business, which is you know less than ten percent of their sales overall, but that was up twenty percent. So that that as they continue to kind of evolve this and look at some of the Magic the Gatherings continues to be really successful. The Wizards Wizards of the Coast brands continue to do well. Dungeons and Dragons for those D and D fans out there are doing well. So some of these and I mentioned the Frozen Four and excitement around Star Wars coming down in the fourth quarter. So um, I saw this as kind of like a little bit of like kind of like headline like oh my gosh wow so many fears around as Ron said some the tariffs, but when you kind of start to dig through, the royalty fees have increased, and that is coming from some of the uh, evolving into the digital space, um, and that's uh, expected to be a little bit higher than I think some analysts may have seen or may have had in their you know so-called models. So that may have sent some of the um, concerns that uh, investors are seeing today. And one opportunity, but also a risk at the same time. Should be, should we should point it out that the company is spending money to really transform this business. A good example would be uh, their August announcement that they were buying. Entertainment One for four yep. billion dollars. That's the Peppa Pig, PJ Masks. Uh, I've heard of folks over there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so th- this this can be great if it if it helps transition their business um, to new lines. Um, but they're spending a pretty penny, so you always want to be careful about that. And my final point is, if you break this, if you look expand out just the nine months for this year, sales are up three percent, earnings up 20 percent, and they've seen the expansion in their operating margin towards their target towards fifteen percent. So if you get outside this quarter, Hasbro continues to do really pretty well. Okay, you're bringing me around because Good. initially, <laughs> initially when when you when you see a stock sell off fourteen percent or thirteen percent, you think you know what? That's not 
pretty good. Oh, you're saying the market's so, rational, Mark. Well, well, like I'm. That. But but now now you're bringing me around. You're saying right. the market in this case may have overreacted. I'll go out on a limb and tell you by the end of the day the stock will have come back oh, significantly. I like that. I like wow. That. Okay, Ron Gross going out on a limb now. You mentioned the stock earlier, and when when I think Hasbro, just like when I think Under Armour, I always think Nike, and when I think Hasbro, I always think Mattel. Woof. Over the last five (laughs) years, that is a woof. Mm. Hasbro up 80% over the last five years, Mattel down more than 60%. Where did it all go wrong for Mattel? They just didn't move their business into the right areas. They didn't change with the times. They did not focus on on the digital world as much as Hasbro. Uh, they didn't partner with the proper brands. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, they had too reliant. Yeah, too reliant on. I mean, they've been evolving away from from Barbie, but such a reliance there. Uh, so I just think they haven't been as nimble as Hasbro has been. And even Hasbro, you know, was caught behind, mm-hmm. um, especially when you had a lot of the Toys R Us bankruptcy issues uh, kind of work its way through. And now that it has, they've been much more um, aggressive and kind of shifting their their product lines. Okay, so exit question here. We're creating a time capsule, mm. and it's going to be opened in 1,000 years. Wow. Okay? 1,000 years? 1,000 years. 1,000 years. 1,000 years. 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 Yeah. So, someone's going to open it, and they're going to get a glimpse into our civilization. And you can put one of these three Hasbro Hasbro products in there. Okay, ready? Monopoly, Mr. Potato Head, or Play-Doh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not choosing Play-Doh. That stuff goes into my house and gets stuck under the floor grate and the carpets and all that kind this of stuff. This is a time I'm capsule not, for posterity. Well, I, this I isn't about leave, like your personal I plan to I plan to leave, live a thousand years. Mac. So, which one? That's which one are you going with for Monopoly. the time capsule? I'm going Monopoly. I think Monopoly too. It can tell you a little bit about capitalism, okay. about business. Um, it's it's a Going fun game. Digital. It stands the test of time. Yep. Uh, a little bit about real estate. A little about New Jersey. Yeah. Well, Atlantic lots of City. things. There's a National nice. Parks version. Tells you about the parks. Like I'm sticking with Monopoly. I'm yeah. going Mr. Potato Head. I figured. Yeah, I just think I think it's I think it's interesting, and I think it may be a bit confusing. They may think, is this what people look like? You know, can you put a foot in an ear? But I mean, Mr. Potato Head is pretty pretty timeless. Do you have a Mr. Potato Head at home with like an Astros jersey on right now? Um, I I do not. I do not. Did you ever use a real potato when you were a kid? Um, No, I'm just a you know commentator. Stick the (laughs) ears into it. Yeah, into the real potato. Of course. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Desert Island question. Over the next five years, you got to go with one of these three stocks on the Desert Island: Under Armour, Biogen, or Hasbro. Wow. Uh, uncharacteristically, I've been a, a biotech investor of, over the last couple of years for various reasons, and uh, uh, I want to believe I want to believe that there are really smart people that are coming up with things that are going to going to help us all. And so, for the sake of pure optimism, I'm going with Biogen. I like that answer, but I'll, I'll stick with Hasbro. Okay, there you go. Well, as always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Andy and Ron, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Thanks, Matt. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.